If you're sharing what you care about, you love, and you have a passion for, it's not seen as as blasting or you know selling. You're just sharing, and and, and people are going to get involved in it. And not everybody will, and that's okay. But if someone does need help, and someone does decide to come to you, that trust is already kind of built. You don't have to start all over, you know, at the at the base level and build that trust. They already kind of trust you. They respect you. They know that you're going to help them by doing the right thing, and the process is quick and easy. Now, no, no. No. your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the vice president of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Tan, rested and ready, and for the first time in two months, I am playoff beard free. Welcome to another episode of the Get You Some Radio Show. I'm your host, Terry Lancaster. Got a great show for you today. Mike, the car guy, Mike Carrera from Riverside Chevrolet in Riverside, California. He's going to be with us in the studio talking about the one word secret, the ridiculously obvious secret to success in social selling. And it all boils down to just one word We'll be back with Mike, the car guy, in just a minute. First, I want to talk about the subscriber of the week. Congratulations to Steve Busco from Norfolk, Nebraska. Steve's going to take home his very own brand new, fresh in the wrapper copy of Better Self-Help for the rest of us. Steve, be watching your mailbox for that. Now, back to the important stuff, the playoff beard. As you can see, I am freshly shaven. For the first time in two months, no playoff beard, unfortunately. That is because my Nashville Predators lost in the Stanley Cup championship to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Congratulations to those of you in Pittsburgh. Congratulations. I'm, I'm still a little tender, still a little upset about it, but I will survive. But I got to shave the beard. The beard, the beard was bugging me. And I started this whole thing, this whole thing with the, uh, with, with the Get You Some radio show just about two months ago. And I had a plan. Man, I was going to start this show, and I didn't really know where it was going, but I was going to start, and I was going to uh, you know, interview some people and put the word out there and get it out, and I never intended to do two months' worth of shows in a hockey jersey and a scruggly, scrappy, nasty, itchy, patchy playoff beard, but that's the way it ended up, and I'm going to quote the great philosopher Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and I got punched in the mouth literally Literally, the week I started the show, the Predators make it into the playoffs. And that meant every night for the last two months, every other night for two months, I was either watching a hockey game or at a hockey game. So that, that distracted me. But that was a pretty good punch in the mouth. I'll take that. But I also got a couple of bad punches in the mouth right off the bat. Literally, the same time I started the show, the week we started the show, my dad gets rushed to the emergency room at the hospital. He's okay now. My, my stepmom gets rushed to the emergency room, and, and she passed, un, unfortunately. And that, uh, so my whole world has been turned upside down, rocking and reeling. Uh, I had one kid over the last two months, one kid graduate from college, had another kid graduate from high school, and I, uh, we, we took off on a cruise that we had planned six, seven months ago before, before I knew the show was going to be started, before I knew about my stepmother passing, before I knew that the Predators were going to be on the playoffs, and it was just one punch in the face after another and um you know you you just you just have to have to start take taking the licks and it was it was funny mike tyson 
he uh, he came up with this quote. I uh, you know in the eighties when he would come out and he would just punch everybody and he was just hammering through people and everyone had a plan to fight him until they actually had to get into the ring. Well, I got into the ring and I kept going. And that brings me to another quote, and this is the, the fake Buddha quote. Uh, I thought for a long time this quote was from the Buddha, but it's not from the Buddha. I don't know who it's from. It's just some guy made this up. But there are two mistakes that people make, away, make along the way to the truth. It's not, not getting started and to not keep going. And it's one of the things I tell my children, that uh, you have to do two things. You have to make a decision, and you have to maintain forward momentum. You have to swim like a shark. Yeah, you just have to, because you know, sharks, they, they don't sleep. They, they, even while they're sleeping, they have to swim because they have to swim to breathe. So they always have to keep moving. They always have to maintain forward minimum. Get started and keep going. Those are the keys to success in almost any endeavor, any endeavor, and it's called tenacity. You have to keep going. You have to put in the work. You have to do the work and let everything else take care of itself, not get caught up in how things are going to turn out not get caught up in, in, in what people are going to think about what you're doing, whether it's going to be a success or a failure. You just have to get up and you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And that's what I've done with the podcast for the last, this is the ninth episode. So the last nine episodes, I've created this show. And, I, you know, I don't know where this is going. You know, I don't I mean, it's not, I don't know who, who else watching. I know my mom watches. So, so hi, mom. <laughs> thanks, thanks for watching. But I don't know what's going to come of the show, what doors this is going to open, where it's going to lead. But I know I'm having a great time. I get to talk to some great people. You know, I get to talk to Mike today. I love to talk to Mike. Any chance I get to talk to Mike, I've got lots of great guests lined up. I'm making great connections and I'm having a really good time. So whatever comes of it, I'm going to keep going. I want to keep maintaining forward momentum. Unfortunately, that's, I'm, I'm pretty tenacious. I've, I've always had that thing going for me. Sometimes I'm just too stupid to quit. And speaking of too stupid to quit, the, uh, well, I don't know if that's, that's the way I want to say it. There's not, but what the, the uh, I was on the cruise last week. We were on the cruise and we, I spent uh, a couple of days last week, uh, you know, in a hammock, on a beach in the Dominican Republic, sipping uh, sipping pineapple juice out of a out of a glass with a little umbrella and straw in it there, and just just kick back, relaxing and out of contact. And uh, had had the phone in Wi-Fi mode for seven whole days. So so we missed a couple of weeks of episodes for the Get You Some Radio Show because I was I was out of service and uh, had got got a chance to take some time and, and think about some things and enjoy some of the stuff that, that has happened. My, we went, we planned the, the trip because my kids were graduating. So I had one kid graduate from the University of Tennessee and another graduate from high school, but it was also my 30th wedding anniversary. And uh, I was talking about this earlier this week. I mean, I mean, stop and think about that. 30 years, that's an enormous number to, to try to get your mind around. 30 years. It's literally a lifetime. It's two lifetimes. It's my lifetime and it's her lifetime. And we've been together for 30 years. And I hear lots of people talking about the secrets to a successful marriage. How do you, how do you, how do you maintain a relationship? How do you maintain a marriage? And I hear, I hear people say, uh, the old saw is that uh, you have to, uh, you can never go to bed angry. Never go to bed angry. And, and always tell the truth. That's what always, always be honest with each other. Always tell the truth. And, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, that's probably about the dumbest advice I've ever heard in the history of the world, because if you're planning on being married 30 years and you're never going to go to bed angry, you're never going to go to sleep angry, you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights because there's going to be times when you're angry. And 
you can't always tell the truth. Sometimes the truth is not the best option. I'm not recommending lying, but sometimes, sometimes the best thing to do is just to keep your mouth shut. If your wife asks you, hey, does this dress make my butt look fat? The truth is not what she's looking for. Sometimes the answer is to keep your mouth shut. But the secret, I'm gonna give you the secret. You can write this down, you know, you, you, you put, it, put it in your box. The secret to maintaining a long marriage, 30 years now, 30 years I'm telling you. And the secret to being married for 30 years is don't get divorced. That's it, just don't get divorced. Be so stubborn that you can't give up, that you refuse to quit, that you're gonna keep going no matter what, no matter how angry you are, no matter how much you don't like each other this week, no matter how much it would be easier to do some other things, just keep going. Maintain forward momentum, just like a shark. Keep swimming. And so whether you're trying to, whether you're involved in a relationship and keeping it going, whether you're starting a business or you're starting a podcast or you're starting a new job or you're just graduated from school and you're trying to get started in your adult life or you're still in school and you're struggling trying to find your way through to make it to that big goal line that you had. And you don't know if the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train or it's actually, actually the light. All you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. Just keep swimming. So I'm back with Mike the Car Guy right after this. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. And first impressions these days happen mostly on Google or social media. If you're invisible online, well, that's not much of an impression. But without free five-day personal branding bootcamp, you can transform your online image, create a bigger referral network, and stop being invisible in just one week. To get started, simply text Terry to 444-999. Get you some radio. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Get You Some Radio Show Studio. And I'm here with my main man, Mike the Car Guy, Mike Carrera, sales director at Riverside Chevrolet, Riverside, California. Man, how you doing? I am doing great, man. It's good to see you again. I, I don't uh, I don't get to talk to you as often as I'd like directly, but uh, you know I'm your biggest fan online, so it feels like we're, we see each other all the time. Well, that, that's what I love about this stuff. I mean, you've got... You know, I've got, we've got thousands of friends scattered all over the country. And even if you ever, you know, never actually talk to them or, or rarely interact with them, you still get to keep up with what's going on with everyone's life. So I'm always, always watching you taking pictures of cars, always watching you running, watching you, you know, the ball games, the, the family time, the whole nine yards. For people who don't know Mike Carrera, Mike the car guy, tell us the backstory. Mike Carrera, how did Mike Carrera become Mike the car guy? Um, I've been in this for, for 30 years now and about the uh, the early 2000s with the onset uh, of the internet as it became more and more a part of our lives uh, i started looking at it as a salesperson and how can i use this how can i how can i adapt with the times and and benefit myself my business my sales utilizing the this new way to communicate back in i think it was about 2006 i first joined uh, uh, a networking site if you will the first site i joined was linkedin and uh yeah, I kind of dabbled in it and thought, well, this is it's neat, it's fun, but I don't know how I could really benefit from it. And uh, I had my employment information on there and I left that dealership. And when I got to my next dealership, I remembered, hey, you know, I should update uh, my, my profile. And believe it or not, right after I did that, I got a, a message uh, in my inbox 
you know, because I was at a, a Jeep dealership now and, and a guy that I'd connected with on LinkedIn, I'd never really met, but he saw that I changed jobs and he goes, hey, I'm actually looking for a Jeep. Maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe you can help me out. So back in 19 or 2007, I sold a car inadvertently through the internet and it, it just became kind of a, an interest to me and it's grown into a passion. And over the years, I've tried to, to get into new areas and explore, and I'm always learning. I follow folks like you. I follow folks online, and I always try to see how I can take what I'm learning from them and adapt it to myself. And one of the things I started to do was I started to call myself or you know, kind of label myself. Before the word branding was really even thrown around, I just started calling myself, for instance, I was Mike the Dodge Boy for a time, and Mike the Kia guy, and Mike the Honda guy. And then I'd leave a store and go to the next door. And I'd have to start all over again, rebuilding that, that whole brand, if you will, without knowing what I was doing. And so about 2000 and 2011, uh, I met up with a lady by the name of Renee Stewart. She's a career coach uh, in the automotive industry, very big in personal branding. And I worked with her for a long time. And we kind of jointly came up with uh, the Mike the Car Guy brand because it's something that's not specific to a dealer, a brand, or a location. It's, it's just who I am and it's out there online. Yeah. So what do you do with it? What, how is it online? What, where are you putting it? Oh, I'm everywhere. Uh, as you mentioned pictures, I, I got into to Instagram early on when I first um, saw it and I just love taking pictures. I kind of think that, you know, I take a, a decent picture and Instagram makes it look like I take great pictures yeah. and I just take pictures of stuff that I like. And I think that's the most important for me is, is I realized that I can't be everything for everyone. Not everyone is going to, to like my, my, my likes, you know, and everyone's not going to share my opinions. They're not going to find what I think is fascinating and interesting, fascinating and interesting. So why try to be everything for everyone? I just simply put up what I think is interesting or, you know, a view that I think is a really great view. I'll take some pictures of it. Most of the time I end up taking a hundred pictures just to get <laughs> one that I like, but I'll post it. And a lot of times people like it and that's really cool. And if they don't, that's okay. Cause I'm really, just sharing what it is that I like. And if people like it, they gravitate toward me. And by continually being out there in, in the, the digital world and expressing what I like and reminding people what I do, because I'm always putting it's at the dealership, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I'm sharing relevant information about cars. Uh, people will gravitate toward that. And they remember when they need something in the, in the car business that they've got a friend. Yeah. You got a friend, Mike, the car. And, and that's what I, I try to get everyone to, to think about is, is not necessarily you know, trying to attract an audience, but just sharing your life, being authentic. And we hear that word authenticity, but you know, everyone thinks it means different things. A lot of people think it means about arguing about politics and, and, you know, you know, if, if, if muttering every thought that pops into your head, but I think it just means letting people know what you're doing, what you do for a living and, and, and what's, what's going on in your life. Right. For, you know, I'm, I'm in most of the, the major areas. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Google plus. I know I'm probably in the minority uh, that still You're believe. That uh, I love it. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. For a long time, I had two Facebook profiles. I had a personal one because I kind of wanted to keep my personal life separate from my professional life. And I didn't want my friends and family to feel like I was bashing them over the head with car sales stuff. But I realized it's who I am. This is not just a, my job. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about the car business. There's got to be something that's kept me in it for 30 years. And it's, it's okay that I share it. And the reason it's okay is because I don't every day put out, hey, I've got low interest rates, you know, come see me for your best price. I just remind people subtly with 
pictures of the lot, you know, things that that's going on. We just recently held a big car show on our, our lot. We cleared off the whole side of the lot and we hosted a couple of like 300 cars. And by sharing that stuff, it just kind of reminds people, oh yeah, Mike does work at a car dealership. And when they need me, I'm here for them. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. You're, you're in addition to being Mike, the car guy, you're also the sales director. So you're responsible for a bunch of other car guys. So tell me how, how, how you help them establish their personal brand. And a lot of times there's a conflict. Some dealers are completely adamant about their, their salespeople, not, you know, not doing that. That's their, their customers. And, you know, don't talk about them on Facebook and they want to keep completely away from that. And, and you know, they, they want the salespeople to, to sign paperwork and, and turn over the keys. And uh, then some sales, some dealerships are completely all in and they're boosting and promoting and encouraging their salespeople to, establish an identity to increase their referral networks to build this 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 online uh, image and and network of buyers you know how do you help your people do what you've done that's that's actually exactly right there's there's the whole gamut out there there's dealerships at, at both ends of the spectrum i left a dealership once um because i was uh, working on a, a follow-up video with a salesperson out in the service drive where we were doing a video that we could send to his customers you know about three months after the purchase uh, reminding the customers, hey folks, uh, this is Joe with you know Joe's dealership. Uh, your car is probably due for its first oil change about now. I just wanted to take a moment to show you where you're going to be going because the service drive is behind and it's kind of hard to get to. And the general manager actually was walking across the lot and saw what we were doing and stopped us. Told the salesperson, hey, you know, stop wasting your time. Get out there in front and get it up. And it pulled me into his office and said, you know, I, I know you're online. I know it's it's what you're about. That's okay. I can't change that. But I don't want you doing that with the salespeople. And after some discussion, it came out that he said, you know, what happens when they build this culture, this, this fan base online, if you will, and they leave the store, then they take all our customers. And my retort to that was, why not create a store that they don't want to leave? Why not yeah. create a culture that they wake up every morning excited to go to? We obviously had a difference of opinion. Yeah. But the stores that get it are encouraging um, salespeople to get out there and brand themselves because they know that they're going to reap the benefits of it. Um, I try to lead by example. And as, as fun as I think it is and as much enjoyment as I get from being out online the thing that is this constant struggle is not everyone is some people are a little gun shy a little hesitant to get out there and put themselves out in in the open they don't want to film a video they don't want to take their own picture they just kind of want to hide behind it and that's still okay too there's there's ways that you can promote yourself subtly and 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 again I think it just comes back to people thinking well, I got to go online and say, I got low prices. I got right. good interest rates. Come see me when you buy a car. Yeah. It, it's more about sharing and relating. I think the key to social is right there in, in the name, social media. It's right there. You got to be social. You yeah. don't walk into a bar and, and throw your hand up in the air and tell everybody, hey, I sell cars. But you would walk in and start a conversation with someone about something you like, whether it's a, a ball game on TV or some event that's going on and in that conversation maybe say hey what do you do for a living oh you do that's great you know i sell cars if you ever need anything let me know yeah. there's ways that you can go about it online just like you would in person yeah you know it and and it's really i think people get confused and i think social media is a new thing and to my way of thinking it's not a new thing at all it's just people being social, just like you said, and it's just salespeople being social. The greatest car salesman there was, Joe Girard. You know, he was he was he was in people's. You know, he was social. He sent out all the cards and everything. But salespeople building their own fan base, their own customer base. This isn't anything new. This is a, a good salesman or salesperson has been doing this for fifty years. They did it, you know, with a Rolodex and and a, a 
roll of stamps 50 years ago. And now you just have greater tools to get the deal done. I used to have one of those recipe boxes with the little three by five cards. I've got, in I've got one in the kitchen right now. So yeah, I, I used to follow up and now my follow ups online and it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more engaging. Yeah. And well, that's so, yeah, that's it. And it's exactly the, the same stuff. And plus you've got, you know, Facebook reminds you when everyone's birthday is. Exactly. <laughs> so you got that. So, so you had coffee and cars. Is that, 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 that's your deal at Riverside. You had the coffee and cars. That's the show you were talking about. It, well, that's um, it's what we, what we started back when, uh, when I started this dealership in, in Riverside, um, it's, it's kind of a neat opportunity to rebuild this store. It was uh, purchased from the former owner who had really kind of gained a negative reputation in the area uh, over the course of his uh, ownership. And now that we've changed the name and we're trying to get the word out that it's a new owner, that's a new attitude, that it's a new place to do business. Um, where we're at in the Inland Empire of California, there's a lot going on in Southern California in the car culture, but there's not a lot around us really locally there's a big cars and coffee event about 60 miles away in Newport and it, it has a pretty big draw but not everybody likes to get up at five o'clock in the morning and drive for an hour to go hang out so I thought let's let's open the lot I mean we got a big parking lot uh, Saturday evening uh, once a month you know I can get the guys out there we can move a few cars and make some space and, and open it up put some coffee and donuts and let car people just pull in with their hot rods and their show cars and street cars and just kind of hang out and talk about their cars, share some experience. And all the while, obviously the underlying idea is to remind them that we're there and we're, we're friendly to their, their culture and their, their, their interests. And maybe if, since we share the same interests, when they need a personal daily driver car, that's not their hot rod sitting in the garage, they're going to remember us. And we've done it um, five times now and uh, we're getting a pretty good turnout. Yeah. And, and, and it gives you a chance to take more pictures. <laughs> I always enjoy the pictures from there. So you told me, uh, we, we've talked before, and you told me once upon a time that if you were a young salesperson just starting out, that you might not even strive to be a manager because the, it's so easy now to, to build this, to build the book of business that you can, you can draw from. So let's talk about, let's say you've got a brand new Greenpeace salesperson who, who just brought in. What do you do? Give, them, give us one action step that they can do to get started to building the, the book of business to build to building this customer base that they can tap into forever. Some of the things I found that are remarkably effective that don't seem really complex and, and they're kind of no brainers. And, and when I, I tell people, they look at me like, okay, whatever, it's not going to help. But then when it benefits them, they're kind of blown away. If you get into the car business, you go to like Facebook, everyone's on Facebook. Anyone that tells me they're not on Facebook. Okay. I don't believe you, but I don't watch TV either, Mike. <laughs> I'll go with it. The first thing I recommend everybody doing is going to your profile page and updating your employment. When you do that, just that simple act, you're not telling everybody, Hey, I sell cars now, but you are because mm -hmm. all the people that are in your friend base are going to see you got a notification, you updated your employment. Oh, well, Hey, Joe works at a car dealership now. That's pretty cool. And then things that you enjoy about being in car sales, whether it's helping somebody, you know, get their 16 year old son, his very first car, just by sharing that excitement, other people are going to feel that excitement. Like you said, authenticity, you got to just be true to who you are. Something that really makes you happy when you share it, other people are going to understand that that's who you are. And that's really something that made you happy. So if they're friends with you, they're probably going to share some of that same type of happiness with it. And the more you do that, the more they don't feel like you're beating them over the head with, hey, I got low prices and low interest rates. Yeah. Just by sharing. You know, we've said it on the lot. 
Telling isn't selling, but sharing is how you gain the rapport that you need. Same thing online. If you're being social and you're sharing something that you really enjoy, other people are going to key into it. Yeah. So, and so Facebook is the 800 pound gorilla of people that. Oh, definitely. I check in to work when I get there in the morning and everybody that I'm friends with sees that I checked into Riverside Chevrolet and it's a subtle reminder that I work at a car dealership and I enjoy being there. The pictures I share on Instagram, they're obviously, most of them are quite obviously at the dealership because the dealerships in the background, there's the Chevrolet logo or what have you. And people just, a lot of people seem to like my pictures and that's really cool. That's right. not why I do it. I just do it because I like it. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about reviews. Uh, I know that they're, they're a major component for, for salespeople and for the dealership. Uh, what are you doing with reviews? How do you encourage your, your salespeople to get more reviews from their people for themselves and for the dealership? For the first four months I was there, we had an email um, template that I created that has links to uh, three major review sites. And each Which three do you use? Uh, Google, Yelp, and cars.com. Okay. Um, Google and Yelp both require you to have either, you know, the Gmail account or a membership and you have to be a Yelper, mm -hmm. but cars doesn't cars. You can just go to and, and put a review and post it. So you don't have to, I just like to give folks those, those options. If a person is in Yelp already, they're yeah. going to want to put a Yelp review. So right. there's no sense in trying to steer them away from it because nobody really likes Yelp. The people right. that are Yelping, they yeah. like Yelp. So let them put a Yelp review there. I'm okay with that. Right. The, the a flip side to reviews is being the, the moderator for the store is making sure that they're responded to positive and negative as quickly as possible. All of them. If you search our reviews, they're all responded to all uniquely, not with a, a cut and paste. Thanks for your review. I mean, I, I try to make sure I personalize each uh, response. Yeah. But what we were doing was sending out the, the, the email and it was very personal it said, Hey, you know, it was very nice to meet you and work with you. Uh, as you know, I'm trying to grow my business and the most important way for me to do that is word of mouth. If you felt that I deserve uh, some recognition, please feel free to use one of the links below to share your experience. And just that quick little personal invite got us tremendous traction. Now we're using a function of auto alert, mm -hmm. um, the, the service that we've signed up with and, and they're giving us um, even more because every service RO that closes, every sale that closes, the, the email goes out automatically. It's not up to the salespeople or the service writers to remember to do it it's going out and I'm pulling 12 to 15 reviews a day now. That's fantastic. All right. And you, and you respond to each one of those, are, are your salespeople, they do anything above and that, uh, above and beyond that for themselves personally, or the ones that are in there, like I have a couple of salespeople that are um, on Yelp and they've seen reviews with their name and they've gone in and publicly, you know, just put a comment in there. 